，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。Reactions are continuing to pour in after a prominent human rights activist accused the Ma administration of censorship. Human Rights Foundation CEO Thor Halverson claims that during his 2010 visit to Taiwan, the foreign ministry told him not to criticize China during a speech. When he went ahead and criticized China anyway, then President Ma Ying-jeou allegedly stood up and walked out of the event venue. In response, the foreign ministry spokesperson said the claim was "quote a personal opinion of a visitor." But DPP lawmaker Lin Jingyi says the story is a serious black mark on a democracy, and that steps must be taken to prevent it from recurring. The Human Rights Foundation held its Oslo Freedom Forum in Taipei on Wednesday. Event founder Thor Halverson recounted a strange situation he found himself in in 2010 during his first visit to Taiwan. Before that,、uh, the NGO specialist at the ministry came to see me and said to me that I、um, should not—it、uh, would not be proper in Taiwan to criticize China in this country that has freedom of expression. To censor my remarks and not to address human rights in China. Now I made China the main focus of my discussion about human rights. This did not make the president happy, and he got up and left. During the middle of my speech, he got up and left, and so did everyone else leave with him.、Um, and then we, are, we were then checked out of our hotel and told we were on our own. Thirteen years on, Halverson challenged former President Ma Ying-jeou and the KMT to share their current views on China. What is interesting would be to ask President Ma what is his view of human rights in China today, because his view of human rights in China 13 years ago was we're not allowed to talk about that subject. The question is, what does the Kuomintang believe about human rights in China today? The incident had involved the Ma administration's foreign ministry. When asked for comment, current foreign ministry spokesperson Jeff Liu declined to discuss "quote the personal opinion of a visitor." His reply was sharply repudiated by DPP lawmaker Lin Jingyi. If you're having trouble verifying the story or you have no way to find evidence, just say that the incident happened a long time ago and there is no way of verifying what happened. Don't just dismiss the story as his personal opinion and say you. Won't comment on it. If the ministry were to state that it can't verify the story and that it won't interfere with people's freedom of speech, wouldn't it all be settled? The convention at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs has always been the same. Whenever we are assigned to host a certain visitor, our mission is to take care of them. We don't laze around. The foreign ministry stressed that staff took their assignments very seriously. The lawmaker said that Halverson's claims were a serious black mark for a democratic country. She urged the ministry to verify the. Incident and to take steps to prevent it from happening again. Turning now to the presidential election, alliance talks between the KMT and Taiwan People's Party are still at a deadlock. The two sides' presidential candidates attended the same forum Wednesday morning, but they took the stage separately and never crossed paths. When it was his time on stage, the KMT's Hoyo Yi was asked if a joint ticket with the TPP was possible. 
Howard said if the public wants a joint ticket, he was willing to compromise his own interests for the greater good. When asked for a response to that, the TPP's Cohen just said Ho was too nervous and should, quote, take it easy. The KMT and TPP presidential candidates attended the same forum on Wednesday, although they did not share a stage. I firmly support democracy and freedom and oppose one country, two systems for Taiwan, as well as Taiwan independence. Everything must be handled in accordance with the constitution of the ROC. I have yet to hear of Ke's cross-strait policy proposals. He hasn't provided any specifics yet. People like me who have studied in the U.S., we're not pro-U.S., but we are not strangers to the U.S. That is also the case for the KMT. They have a good relationship with the U.S. while they maintain ties with China. The problem is that they have lost the trust of the people of Taiwan. I personally don't have that baggage. Both candidates touched on cross-strait relations. As long as we have sufficient deterrence capabilities, we should still communicate with China. Through dialogue, we can increase mutual goodwill, and goodwill can bring about exchanges. At least that way, we would be able to avoid misunderstandings and prevent an escalation of the situation. I previously laid out my 3Ds tactic. The first D, deterrence, is to enhance our national defense capabilities through smart methods, strengthening our military, being prepared for war, and being unafraid of combat. We have to start over again with stable, official communications and engage in principled dialogue. Though the KMT and TPP have discussed a potential joint ticket for 2024, progress has stalled over how to pick the presidential candidate. We have to do our best to find a better solution to our differences. My father was a butcher. He told me, when you cut the pork, you have to make sure it's in large pieces and give the customer a little extra than what it weighs. That's the only way to get them coming back. We should find a way that benefits not just ourselves, but also the ROC, an approach that benefits Taiwan, Penghu, Jinmen, and Matsu. We need a little more time to get in harmony with each other. Take it easy. With no end to the deadlock inside, it remains unclear if a joint ticket will change the game in 2024. A political blame game has erupted after TSMC abandoned plans to build a chip factory in Taoyuan's Longtan district. The DPP accuses Taoyuan Mayor Zhang Shanzheng of failing to mediate conflicts between TSMC and local landowners. The KMT counters that former Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenchan had ignored the challenges of the project, choosing to announce it prematurely as an election strategy. Each side also accuses the other of infiltrating the group of landowners to deliberately create conflicts with TSMC. TSMC's decision to drop its Longtan project has set off a blame game in political circles. The DPP points the finger at Taoyuan Mayor Zhang Shanzhen, calling him too passive in resolving TSMC's conflict with local landowners. Under the leadership of Taoyuan Mayor Zhang, the local government failed to provide proactive assistance. TSMC must have been acutely aware of it throughout the whole process. Zhang Wenchan and I had expended a great deal of effort in hopes of 
resolving the five shortages for TSMC, while the KMT looked on derisively. And now TSMC has been driven away. At the time, Zheng Yunpeng's mayoral campaign was in dire straits. The election was going poorly for him. In an attempt to save him, then-Mayor Zheng Wanshan concocted a way to leverage TSMC by having a politician announce a corporation's investment in Taoyuan. The KMT claims that in 2022, when Zheng Yunpeng was running for Taoyuan mayor, the DPP made the hasty announcement of TSMC's plan in order to score points for Zheng's campaign. But the KMT and DPP do agree on one thing. Each believes that the other had infiltrated the local landowners group and fueled opposition to TSMC. The elected representatives of the DPP demanded that this project be passed in city council. But then the DPP members' own relatives joined the landowners group and participated in the protests. This two-phase strategy is what led to the collapse of TSMC's project. As the lawmaker representing Pingzhen and Longtan, Lu Yuling, did nothing to resolve the conflict. Instead, she spearheaded protests against TSMC's plan to move in. When building industrial parks, land acquisition has long been the single greatest challenge. Though TSMC has abandoned the Longtan site, other tech firms are still set to move in. Currently, 80 households still oppose the park's expansion project, and they plan to lodge an appeal this Thursday to the Shinju Science Park Administration. The KMT accuses the central government of doing nothing to solve the land acquisition issues while being quick to claim credit for TSMC's project. Premier Su Zhenchang, did you know that there's an elementary school located in the project's proposed site? Did you know that 88% of the land is privately held? Surely Zhou Wenchan must know. We determined the parameters of the long-term third phase expansion after three years of evaluations. During these three years, we conducted assessments on all of the factors at play. No matter where TSMC chooses to go next, the executive yuan will provide its full support. With TSMC dropping Longtan, reports suggest that Taichung or Kaohsiung could be the new factory site. Central government officials say they will continue to fully support TSMC so that the chipmaker will keep its 1.4 nanometer process at home. Kaohsiung is set to host the 2024 World Indigenous Tourism Summit. The Council of Indigenous Peoples says it will use the event to highlight Taiwan's indigenous groups as well as to promote sustainable indigenous tourism. Many of the world's tourist attractions focus on ecotourism, and these destinations are located in indigenous areas. We hope that through the forum, people can see how they can respect local cultures while they're traveling, see how they can preserve the ecology and make it sustainable. The city of Kaohsiung is home to 16 indigenous groups. The population sizes of these 16 groups are more even in Kaohsiung than in any other city. Next April, we'll invite friends from all over the world to travel to Kaohsiung. We will be ready to welcome them with arms wide open. The Council of Indigenous Peoples unveiled its main visual for the event, the word Tulu, which means the number three in 14 out of 16 Taiwanese indigenous languages. Tulu also sounds like the number three in several Austronesian languages. As the summit is in its third year, the word Tulu celebrates the event as well as the commonality among indigenous cultures. Registration is now open with early bird discounts available. A new ferry service from Taiwan to the outlying Penghu Islands offers an alternative to going abroad for a vacation. 
the ferry can carry vehicles of all kinds. FTV joined a group of friends who took their motorbikes over to the islands for the long weekend of a lifetime. After a sleeper trip on the ferry, they had the freedom to move around Penghu on their own schedule with their own bikes. Some said it felt like going abroad, while others said it was an unforgettable experience. Here at Gushan Ferry Pier in Kaohsiung, 15 people have lined up with 12 motorbikes, and they're preparing to catch a ferry to Penghu. The ferry personnel fix the bikes down with ropes to stop them rocking on the journey. The Taihua Ferry officially began transporting passengers to Penghu in September. With a passenger capacity of 600, the ship has space left for coaches, small buses and freight deliveries of groceries, among other things. We are a group of amateur bikers, and we wanted to take a trip to Penghu together with our bikes. Most of us are from the north, Taipei and Taoyuan. It's the first time I've taken my bike overseas. The Taiwan Strait is the sea too, right? Taking your motorbike on a ferry may not be as cozy as taking a short flight, but it gives travelers lots of flexibility for their holiday. They can arrange their own schedule freely. And if the weather is good, there's no need to worry about seasickness. People are more likely to get seasick when there's a typhoon, a tropical depression, or a northeast monsoon. The ferry to Penghu takes seven hours. The group get on the ferry at 11 p.m. and arrive at 6 a.m. the next day to see the sun rising over the coast. Biking around the islands, they can enjoy basalt rock formations and the stone pathway known as Moses parting the Red Sea in a trip they won't forget anytime soon. The U.S. says it will further restrict exports of artificial intelligence chips to China. The rule will block NVIDIA from selling three AI chips, the A800, H800 and L40S. Following the news, NVIDIA's U.S. stocks sank by more than 4% on Tuesday. Taiwan's AI stocks also took a tumble, reaching recent lows at Wednesday's close. If even the lower-end versions cannot enter the Chinese market, then we'll have to watch the negative impact on NVIDIA and Taiwan's AI supply chain stocks. Experts said the restrictions, which affect even lower-end chips like the L40S, could push NVIDIA out of the Chinese markets. The restrictions will also affect U.S. chip giants Intel and advanced micro devices. Honghai held its annual Tech Day on Wednesday, showcasing its new electric vehicles. Honghai Chair Yang Liu made a grand entrance, driving up in a Model B electric car with NVIDIA founder Jensen Huang in the passenger seat. The two announced an expanded partnership in which they will build an artificial intelligence factory to support EV production. He waves at the crowd sporting his signature leather jacket. NVIDIA founder Jensen Huang makes a splash at Honhai Tech Day. Do you guys know who they I would still love an introduction. Jensen Huang, the co-founder and CEO of NVIDIA. He arrived on stage in Honhai's new electric vehicle, driven by Honhai chair Yang Liu himself. The two discussed generative artificial intelligence, with Huang presenting a hand-drawn diagram.
I drew it myself so you, you could, um, you know, please excuse the artistry. A brand new way of doing software. It contained a sketch of a self-driving car and the words AI Factory and NVIDIA AI. NVIDIA and Honhai announced that they will work together to build an AI factory that would be used for various applications, including AI-equipped electric vehicles. We are building these factories together. Yes, we're building this factory and Fatsang is building all this together. See you in the night market. To underscore the onstage camaraderie, Huang signed the hood of an upcoming electric vehicle, writing, To Young and my friends at Foxconn, beautiful and amazing EVs. But he didn't forget his own company, signing an NVIDIA GPU with equal flair. This year's Honhai Tech Day showcased a range of electric vehicles, as well as IC design, packaging and testing, third-generation semiconductors, key automotive components, 5G base stations, smart cockpits, and AI servers. The event drew more than 1,000 guests, the largest turnout on record. Besides Huang, there were also representatives from major Germany car parts manufacturers, who came to see Honhai's innovations and explore future cooperation. The world has been shocked in recent weeks by the outbreak of war between Israel and Palestinian militant groups led by Hamas. FTV sat down with the Israeli representative in Taiwan, Maya Yaran, to hear how she sees the crisis from her vantage point in Taiwan. For Yaran, like all Israelis, the terror attacks which trigger the war have turned life upside down. She framed the war as one in which all countries that care about human rights are all standing together. President Tsai Ing-wen has already expressed condolences to all those affected by the attack on Israel. This is Shear. She's 32. And she has two boys. Israeli representative in Taiwan, Maya Yaron, takes out a series of photos and tells their stories, becoming more and more disturbed. These Israeli citizens have all been murdered by the militant organization Hamas. The body will recover, but our souls and we will never forget what happened today. Yaron came to Taiwan to take up her post in late July. She had no inkling that just two months later, her country would be swept up in the terror we see today. Every day, she fears for the safety of her family and friends. I have a friend, the business partner of my husband, that she lost her young nephew. He was 22. He was murdered in the music party. We know so many people who were wounded or lost their whole families. The latest series of attacks from Hamas have triggered a war, which is being called the worst outbreak of violence in the ongoing Israeli-Palestinian conflict in the last 50 years. Iran was touched by the condolences, which President Tsai Ing-wen posted in immediate response to the attacks. President Tsai and Foreign Minister Wu has put a great message of support and really joined the international support that Israel receives. Israel is on the forefront of it, but this is really for all the free world, all the democratic and liberal countries that care about human rights. We're all standing together against this war. While the war may be thousands of kilometers from Taiwan, the potential for conflict with China lies much closer to home. Iran believes that, while there are major differences between the Arab-Israeli conflict and the cross-strait situation, you have to protect your own country, she says. 
Today we meet an entrepreneur and Vietnamese immigrant living in rural Taidong. Nguyen T. Cam Loon runs a Vietnamese restaurant and contributes to a tourist project in scenic Donghe Township. Having lived in Taiwan for 23 years, she's passionate about the land and culture of her adopted home. The Donghe Tour Project creates jobs for young people while giving visitors an intimate experience of small-town life. As Provincial Highway 11 runs down the coast, it passes this Vietnamese restaurant in Taidong's Dulan village. The owner is Nguyen T. Cam Lon, who moved to Taiwan 23 years ago for marriage. She handles everything from orders to chef's duties. Nguyen loves to learn new things and make new friends. She's passionate about the land of Taiwan and was delighted when she realized that Taiwan, like Vietnam, grows bananas. Shaped like a teardrop is a banana flower. We eat the petals of the banana flower. We used iced lemon. It's sharper and you can put it in dishes. Nguyen is also working with local stores and young people. Together, they offer tours for travelers, introducing the quiet back streets and hidden gems of the three villages of Dulan, Xingchang, and Longchang, all in Donghe Township. Tourists are invited to slow down and enjoy the journey through these small communities. Their project aims to give local youngsters work while attracting more visitors. It lets travelers get to know our local young people and entrepreneurs. It creates job opportunities. Our own child is gradually growing up and will need a job too. I think it's giving them the environment and the ecosystem that will make them want to stay here or one day come back if they do move away. And it will bring prosperity to the local community. So I think it's a great project. Throughout her life, Nguyen has always been learning new things and working hard to cultivate community connections. She wants to show off the changes in Donghe Township and make her chosen home as beautiful as it can be.